We still have the sign at our practice space that says, you know, Star Bar sold out. There is a universe where you are a major superstar. So many incredible things that, that so many like pinch me moments of my life are, are due to Macedon. Welcome to the Peach Jam Podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting, where we'll introduce you to a sampling of the truly diverse and incredibly talented musicians who call the Peach State home. Each episode will profile a different artist and share songs and stories recorded live in our GPB studios in Midtown Atlanta. I'm your host, Jeremy Powell, and this is a special bonus episode of the Peach Jam Podcast because it's a little different. Mastodon, Grammy Award-winning heavy metal rockers from Atlanta, are currently on a world tour. And during a short break on this world tour, Braun Daler, the drummer and vocalist for Mastodon, had the chance to come in studio and sit down for a short chat with me. Now, I'm hoping in the future, we'll be able to have the whole band come in and record and play some songs live in our GPB studios. But as that couldn't happen while they're in the middle of a break for a world tour, I was happy to have a short conversation with Braun and learn a little bit about Mastodon. I don't like to put the label on the type of music people play, so I would like you to please tell me what does Mastodon play? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like like you said, you want you want it to to fall on me to describe it. Um, I usually leave it up to other people to describe it, and I just do it. Okay. With with uh, my pals, my other pals in Mastodon, but um, you know, it's a whole, it's a mix of things. You know, I've I've read that we're sort of, uh, you know, we kind of are in a gray area where we we kind of go in between a lot of different genres. But I would say the 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 basis for it is is in is in hard rock or heavy metal. And the reason you're here at Georgia Public Broadcasting today is because not only are you a Grammy Award-winning artist in a huge metal band, but you're from Atlanta. You live right here in Georgia. Y'all are Atlanta-grown as a band. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I live in Edgewood. I shop at that Kroger on uh, Caroline Street. You can see me uh, almost every single day of the week. I live there at the Kroger, so... <laughs> almost almost every single day of the week, except for when you're on a world tour. Because right. there is a universe where you are a major superstar. Uh, sure. I mean, I sit in the back and chop vegetables. Yeah, playing the drums, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, you sing. Right, I do some singing. No one knows where it's coming from. They're confused <laughs> when it's happening, but uh, that's me back there. And, it, I mean, people come out in droves to see Mastodon. Yeah. So what's it like? How do you reconcile that in your brain? You go to Kroger at home, but then you go out and you're treated like a megastar. There's no real, you don't have to do any separating in your mind. This, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, there's, I don't feel any different when I'm out there. I, I love our fans and I'll, do, I'll sit there and, and sign as many autographs as, as we need to to make them happy. And, you know, and, and I, I, I'm very grateful, and I understand that the reason that I'm there and that uh, there is food on the floor for my dog uh, and that I live uh, a pretty charmed life at this point. Um, I realize that it's, you know, because that they come and buy the albums and they buy the ticket and watch us do our thing. But I'm, I'm, there's no delusions of grandeur, you know. I, don't, I get home and, yeah, I got to go. I got to make dinner. I got, I don't know, uh, like anybody else. So, yeah, I don't feel any kind of way about myself. 
Walk me through the beginning of Mastodon. Why? How did y'all come about, and where did you play here around Georgia before you broke? Well, uh, we're kind of two halves that came came together. So you have Troy and Brent, who were in a local band called Four Hour Fogger. And I'm not exactly sure when they got together, but they were kind of they were going when I moved here, and I moved here in January of 2000 with my friend Bill, um, and we moved here for Y2K because we thought it would be a nice place to hunker down for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, that next day, nothing happened. It was all the same, and it was a big lie. Uh, Bill's girlfriend, now wife, Julianne, work, worked at the CDC out of college, and so she was, you know, uh, she was living here. She had an apartment. She had an extra bedroom, and she said, you guys can come down here. And so Bill said, you get, we should go to Atlanta and, and start a new band. And because uh, he felt like there wasn't anybody that was in the local scene that was really doing anything like what we had been writing mm-hmm. together. And uh, I said, yeah, sure. I mean, I've never been there, but I hear it's nice. And uh, yeah, I'll go down and check it out. And so, yeah, in January 2000, came down here uh, with Bill with the intention of starting a new band. And uh, that's what happened. Two weeks later, we met Brent and Troy at uh, it was called the Parasite House. And they played a basement show with a band called High on Fire. And met those guys there, and they said, hey, hey, this is uh, For Our Fogger's last show because our singer is, is moving to, I think he was moving to L.A. or Austin or something like that. A guy named Gary Lindsay that used to be one of the managers over at Junkman's Daughter. Okay. And so um, we got together that week. We started playing, and I think within about three weeks we had, like, enough songs for to play a show. We were super motivated. We had found each other, you know, in this kind of uh, aha moment, you know, in the practice space with each other. Uh, the things that were kind of coming out of that room early on were really, really exciting, and we had felt like we had sort of found some gold, you know. Uh, and so we knew that we needed to get into a studio at some point very soon and record all this stuff that we were uh uh, that we were creating, and um, and we got we booked some shows, and so basically we played our first show in Atlanta was uh, at MJQ, and it was packed, you know. I mean, a lot, all four of us, I think, were very like like I worked at Junkman's Daughter, I worked at the Star Bar, uh, Brent was a social butterfly as well, you know, uh, Troy as well, Bill worked at Elmere. You know, so we were already kind of made a lot of friends right off the bat, and people were sort of excited about our our project. They wanted to come see it, you know, new band in town, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did, I don't know, we sort of skipped a lot of steps as far as, um, you know, when you first bust onto some kind of scene. It was like, oh, Mastodon's here. And it was, shows were packed. There were small venues, you know, we played all of them. We played the Earl many times. We played the Star Bar a bunch of times. We still have the sign at our practice space that says, you know, Star Bar sold out, our first uh, sold out Star Bar show. Mm-hmm. Um, when you play music that you love and you just get together with your buddies in your practice space and you work on your 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 craft and you work on your tunes and you get them just the way you like them, um, you don't really expect that it's going to uh, amount to what it's amounted to for us. In, in your words, what has it amounted to? 
Oh, I mean, success beyond my wildest dreams. You know what I mean? I mean, we've, you know, we've we've done so much incredible, so many incredible things that that so many like pinch me moments of my life are are due to Macedon and and you know the music that we've created together. Uh, touring with every band I ever idolized as, as a kid, you know, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Slayer, uh, every band, you know, so, I mean, and meeting and becoming friends with all those people is pretty amazing. And, uh, yeah, all the milestones, being uh, on Game of Thrones, uh, I don't know, just all the all the cool stuff, winning a Grammy, all that good that stuff that I never thought anything, any of that stuff would ever happen, uh, it happened, and man, it's really fun to be a part of it. And now that you have that level of success, you guys could could really be anywhere. Why do you stay in Georgia? I like it here. I don't know. It's uh, it's an, I think it's a really wonderful city, and hey, the weather's decent. I mean, it's 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 getting extremely hot but it's doing that everywhere mm-hmm. so but atlanta's real green and um there's just a lot to do and uh you know it's maybe i'm just too lazy to move but i don't know where i'd go you know <laughs> what i mean i think i like atlanta's cool i think it's a cool city and you know i don't know for me i'm kind of a homebody so i really like my house got a nice yard got my my lady and my dog and i'm grilling and chilling if i'm home uh, but, you know, I got my buddy Armando who owns the Argosy, uh, love going over there and hanging with him. And there's lots of great restaurants in town. And I mean, there's plenty of trouble to get into if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all there. I kind of live right in between, uh, East Atlanta village and little five points. So mm-hmm. pick your poison on either side of the, of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it here. I got a lot of good friends here and um, like I said, um, a lot of my success or a lot of our success in Mastodon is, uh, it was the first, the first notions of it were, were, were here in, in Atlanta, in those very areas of East Atlanta village and, and, uh, you know, at the star bar and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're currently on a world tour with Gojira is the mega monsters tour 2023 and you're in studio here at GPB today because y'all are on a short break before you head back out. So what do you do like when when you're touring the world? This is a big, massive tour all across the country and then overseas, and you get a break. Like, what do you do to turn off? Well, first thing I do is go to Kroger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Troy and myself will always uh, compare grocery lists about a couple of days before we're about to get home. And like, you start your grocery list yet? And he's like, yep, I got it. What's on that list usually? For me, I'm just, you know, if it's, if it, I mean, I'm definitely, I will try, I will to the bitter end of, of, uh, of summer and then into fall, I will be on the grill, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a lot of fish and, uh, corn on the cob and, you know, so I'm just out there with all the, all the grillables, Mm -hmm. you know, zucchini, yellow squash, um, I don't know. As far as like, I'm not meal planning for like a week. Like I said, I go to probably go to the grocery store just about every day. It's a nice, I do my workout. I play my drums. I take a shower. I go to the store. I get the things I need for 
tonight's dinner, whatever, which is undecided at the moment, mm-hmm. what's happening tonight. Uh, so that's a, I really like to cook, so that's that's usually my my thing I like to do to, to shut off. But I always have to keep chopping it up in the basement on my drums. So, I mean, I try to play just about every day except the weekends. I take the weekends off. Yeah, so is that like a... Um... Is that like a baseball player taking batting practice or a golf player uh, going out to the driving range? You need to get down on the drums and, and work out every day? Yeah. I mean, especially now, I'm a little older guy, and uh, I can, I'm not you know, it's just harder to get back up to that level. I call it, I call it Drum Mountain, and wherever I am on Drum Mountain, you know, I don't like to go on vacation for too long because I puts me down below a base camp, and I like to be at least at base camp. Uh, otherwise it's, it's like painful, you know, and I have, and I think about it and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to have to go, you know, a 23, a 24 year old is the person that wrote these songs on the drums, a mm-hmm. lot of, a bunch of them, you mm-hmm. know, especially the ones that we're playing on this, this tour, especially are heavy, fast, crazy stuff that we wrote when we were kids. And now I'm 48 years old. And so I'm like, man, it takes a little bit more for me to get up to that level to do it so i like to try to stay there so yeah i try to play for like an hour couple hours a day and i like to try to concentrate on something that i can't do you know and try to continue learning on my instrument and see if anything down the line writing with mastodon is applicable you know with the different things that i try to learn if somebody runs into you in kroger over in Edgewood. Yeah. What's the most complimentary thing they could say to you? Hey, nice produce. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've had, I had yesterday, I was, I, maybe yesterday or the day before, it was in the morning and I was headed over there and uh, a woman flagged me down and she was like, oh my God, we're listening to Mastodon. And it was like a this nice mom and her maybe five-year-old kid, maybe six, mm-hmm. heading into first grade, just about to start first grade, and they were listening to Mastodon in their in their, in their, uh, their truck. And uh, they pulled over, and I had a picture with the little boy, and it was cool. Um, I mean, you got to get pumped up for first grade. You do. You know? Yeah, yeah. You do. you got to get amped. Uh, it's scary to Definitely. go to first grade. I yeah. was just like, listen, you got this. It's just first grade. It's going to be... Don't worry, they're not going to, like, overwhelm you. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> there's going to be some coloring, so don't worry. It's going to be fine. Simple addition. Yeah. Things like but, that. But, um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's it's not like I'm getting hounded at the Kroger all mm-hmm. the time. Usually people just if come up and go, oh, dude, you're the guy from the thing. Yeah. I go, yeah, I'm here. I'm cooking dinner. Some people, they don't know that Mastodon's from Atlanta, so they're they're – which I think is crazy. If you're from here, if you live here, it's wild to me to, to, but I guess there's all, there's all sorts of, all different levels of fandom, but there is a level of fandom where you, if you're recognizing the drummer, then maybe you probably know a little more than your average bear when it comes to Mastodon. But I I feel like you should know that they live, you know, in your neighborhood probably, or maybe, especially if you're at the same grocery store, but they've, you know, genuinely surprised to see me there you know but i get that in a, in a sense of like maybe being younger and see i remember seeing my fifth grade teacher at the grocery store and just thinking like what are you doing outside of the classroom you're not supposed to be 
out among, amongst the, uh, the public, the people, you know. It's supposed to be kept in some kind of bunker, and they shoot you through a bank tube <laughs> up to the, your desk, and you te- teach us, and then you go back to your hole. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they think the same thing about me. Yeah, Mastodon lives on idea. the wax in in the vinyl records or yeah. in the CDs, and that's it. They live in Spotify. That's right. I mean, I, you know, these days it's a little different. You know, you got a lot of access to find out what your favorite people and your favorite bands are are up to. Um, maybe too much, obviously. Uh, it's up for debate. But um, yeah, when I was a kid, I had no idea what Metallica was up to mm-hmm. on their day to day basis. Like. Certainly not shopping at the grocery store for their own food. There's no possible way that 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 would be happening. You wouldn't think so, no. No. Bron, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me here. Hey, thanks for having me. It was just a a 12-minute drive from my house. All good. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this special bonus episode of the Peach Jam Podcast. Season 2 of the Peach Jam Podcast is coming soon. The Peach Jam Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jeremy Powell. Sandy Malcolm is our executive producer. Chris Howe, our director of photography. Michael Harris, our production coordinator. Rick Smith of RS Lighting is our lighting director. And our sound engineering was provided by Sounds Good. Be sure to join me for the next episode. And in the meantime, please find and support live local music and independent record stores in your area.